I'll be honest, it can be incredibly difficult to talk to veterans about their experience in war. If you know someone who has served, you might relate with being afraid that you're going to say the wrong thing, maybe push too hard, worry that starting a conversation will open a Pandora box of memories and cause harm. I went in in 1981, April 1981. I got out September 1991. In the military, you never feel alone. You never, for, that's a fact. You never have any privacy to begin with there. Here you have lots of privacy. People leave you alone, you know, on purpose. And there's nobody to turn to. If you have a question, you know, who do you turn to? It's a sensitive topic, but it doesn't have to be forbidden. The term post-traumatic stress disorder, PTSD, was coined and gained spotlight in the 1970s when countless Vietnam veterans returned home and began experiencing a host of psychological problems. Before that, in medical literature, it was described as shell-shocked, but it wasn't recognized as a disorder until the 80s. According to the Anxiety and Depression Association of America, Today, about 7.7 million American adults have PTSD. And roughly 500,000 U.S. troops who have served in these wars over the past 13 years have been diagnosed with PTSD. What are veterans like Carl Ruffier doing to take care of themselves? We had a saying. It's called stay alert, stay alive. I always felt, and sometimes I still feel that way that somebody's trying to get me. I always feel like, I don't know if you ever feel that way. Sometimes, yeah. But constantly, I always felt like somebody's trying, you know, at work, you know, everywhere. Just somebody's waiting to get me, you know. And I don't know if that emanated from the military because, well, you know, somebody is trying to get us sometimes. But what if there was a space crafted specifically for veterans to open up and learn how to take care of their mental health? What would that look like? And what does that have to do with golf? And most importantly, how can someone heal their body and mind from trauma? It's difficult to relate to people who don't know or understand what military personnel have experienced. Matthew McDonald is trying to change that with Next 18. A lot of these organizations do recreational therapy where it's this, right? It's let's just get the veteran out and engaged, out of the isolation mindset, get them doing something and give them a new hobby. And I was, I went to a couple, I I went sailing in Seattle, I went skiing in Aspen, I played golf in Denver, but they weren't giving resources. Mm -hmm. You know, it's great, cool, you get four days to play golf, but when you go home, what have you learned? Mm -hmm. And that's not a knock on any organization. I just, if I'm in a do something, why not add something to it so that when these guys go home, uh, they have breathing exercises. We've taught them body scanning, mindfulness. They did last night when they got done golfing, they did a 45-minute restorative yoga and 15-minute Reiki session. You can see tears coming down because they're processing stuff. You know, it was a peculiar sight for me. A group of men made out of firefighters, police officers, and veterans were just sitting there learning how to breathe. I thought to myself and asked, why was this sort of bizarre? Was it because of the harmful stereotypes we put on masculinity, the idea of boys don't cry? And in that brief second, seeing a group of men all wearing the same Next 18 gear, 
eyes closed in a relaxed sitting position, learning 4x4 box breathing to distress. Seems strange. That's because we hardly ever see men vulnerable, let alone veterans and first responders. And that's when I stumbled across Michael Stephen Orban. He's a Vietnam veteran, and it was such a delight to speak with him. What helps me the most is getting past the stigma. Uh, of all things that are out there, it's the stigma. I'm a soldier. I have to uphold uh, you know, my responsibilities as a man and a soldier. I can't let anybody know that I've got any fractures in this whole thing. So I was responding constantly, not to what was inside of me, but to what I thought the world wanted to hear me say. This is what I have to tell me because that's what they're expecting of me. And so that was easy to do because that's the facade. But that facade had no real emotion. Had Just no... like any conversation around trauma, I learned that the best piece of advice is respecting someone's boundary and letting someone tell their own story. 